welcome back to She's the Phoenix with Natasha Lynn. Um, yeah, I'm your host. Um, I am so excited to be here to be chatting with you. Um, we're on week four. Um, this feels so good to me. Like, I am so excited for the buildup of everything that I have planned for this podcast and the outreach and the collaborations. And there's just so many things that I've been writing down and really looking at and planning to um, see what I can do, how far I can take this and how quickly I can get there because I am an instant gratification girl. It's a bad, bad, bad thing, but it's the truth. I'm working really hard on it. I know the value in putting in the work and seeing the results come to fruition over time. Um, but I still, like, I get so excited that I just want it to be right now. But then I think, like, am I truly prepared for the podcast to be there right now? And I'm not. So, um, until then, I'm just going to keep grinding my gears and I'm going to keep showing up and sharing with you guys. And, yeah. So, um... If you haven't listened before, welcome to She's a Phoenix, a story about me rising from the ashes, Um, but it's much more than just that. We talk about a lot of different things, and we will continue to talk about a lot of different things. There's not really an off-limit topic to this podcast. It's kind of wherever life is taking me, and um, whatever things I feel like need to be addressed. So I am the outspoken one, and we are going to chat about that. So, um, recently there's been a lot of pushback that I've been getting on social media. Uh, I tend to build, um, reels who that go viral, and obviously when that happens, there is a ton of support, but there is also criticism that comes with that, um, And I build reels around different topics that I feel like need to have more awareness brought to them. Um, And the main one right now is, it's my fucking story too. It's your story too. It's my story. It's your story. Um, When you love an addict, when you're raised by an addict, when you're married to an addict, uh, it's your fucking story too. And it's not the same version as theirs. I mean, how could it be be the same version? That's just wild to me. But um, it's your story. And a lot of people are so bothered by you sharing your story. So recently it's been a lot of... Um, I'm so used to this now. Like my first time going as the internet world will say, viral for real. Um, it was an accident. I had no, (laughs) I I mean, obviously I share real reels to engage and, um, build community, but I really, um, wasn't planning on going viral and then it happened and I was like, oh shit, I need shit, shit. This is bad. And I'm not, because the first time that it happens, Facebook will update you every, like, 10,000 views, and, like, it was going up fast. It was in, so I'm, like, getting 
my phone's just being blown up and I don't even like, I, I had to just get out of Facebook because it was, it was so much, but, um, it slows down after the first one. Even if you ha go viral again, it doesn't go as crazy, which is really nice. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but so the viral video that I have going on right now is about a trending sound actually that really just bugs me. And it's about, um, you know, it says, if only you love me like you love getting high. And it's a lot of people putting their loved ones on blast, which is fine if this is your story. If this is how you want your journey and your story to go, that you're putting your loved ones on blast for addiction and blaming them saying that they don't love you or they don't love their kids or they don't love their family um, and that they love the high more. Uh, and in my case, in, in my perspective and in my research and in the many years of studying and, and truly researching and interviewing and listening, I do not believe that that is at all the case of an active addict and, um, an, an addict that's still in active addiction. Um, and so my, I used the trending sound and I shared, um, pictures of my dad and I talked about like, it wasn't that he didn't love me. He loved me so much. Um, and I said, he just thought that he could love me and drugs the same. And I realized that by doing that, I kind of took away from the point I was trying to make um, because there at no point do I think that my dad actually loved drugs. I think the evil inside of him tried to convince him that he did. Um, but, you know, that high, that feeling, that, that need, it was so strong. Um, you know, it felt in some ways comparable to the love that he had for me, um, which was intense and insane. And I know how much my dad loved me, um, you could tell me all day long that he didn't. If he loved me, that he would have stopped using it. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. You can't tell me that my dad didn't love me because he used drugs. And I'm. And if you believe that, and your addict in your life doesn't love you because they use drugs, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's not the truth. It doesn't matter what the fuck they've done to you. It truly doesn't. It is such a self-reflection wound that you cannot make it about you. You are a casualty. In the process that they go through of being addicted. It has nothing to do with you. You just simply are a casualty to it. To being there. To being in the surroundings of what they have going on. To being in their world. Um, and, and that really upset people. That I, I said that, you know. And, and they basically told me it wasn't my story to tell and that I was putting my dad on blast and I, you know, um, hey, <laughs> if morbid isn't for you, this podcast may not be for you at times, okay? Because, uh, I don't know how else to say this, but, like, he's fucking dead. So, I mean, I don't really know, like, what you think he's going to do about it. Like, he's going to be disappointed in me, um... He's, well, he was cremated, so he's not even, doesn't even have a grave to, like, be upset from, about it from. Like, he's just, you know, in a, 
in a purple urn with butterflies, I believe. Maybe hummingbirds? Can't remember. Maybe both. It's purple, though. Uh, urn that my grandma put him in. And he's with my grandma. And I love that my grandma loved the urn, and that's what she put him in. But it always makes me giggle because it's such a feminine urn for such a masculine man. Um, but it's okay. Um, it's what she needed, and it's beautiful the way that she honors him. Um, anyways, this is a lot of rambling to get to my point. But all I feel relevant. Um, so... People are always going to have an opinion, you know, kind of like we all have assholes. Uh, doesn't mean that you should technically share your opinion, right? Because not everybody's going around sharing their asshole. Um, but we still do because the internet has made it a safe place to do that with your keyboard. Um, and that's fine. I know what scrutiny and I know what kind of stuff that I'm putting myself out there for when I share. And, and I'm okay with doing that because if I share my story and it's my fucking story to share and it helps one addict or one child of an addict or one wife or one husband or one mom or one dad or one whatever that has an addict in their life then I'm doing my fucking job and I'm making a difference and there's no way that you're gonna tell me that what I'm doing is insignificant and I shouldn't do it because I just don't believe that. I know it needs to be heard. You know how it needs to be heard? From the hundreds and the thousands of comments that I get from people telling me that they need to hear this and that it hits home and sharing their story, sharing their recovery, sharing their loss, sharing their struggle of watching their parent or their brother or their mom or their dad. You know, it. it's, um, it's just... It's worth it. It's worth it for the for the criticism, for the the f- flat out mm, fucked up things that are said to me. And you know, I mean, I actually received a message today that said, "Haha, your dad's dead." Haha. <laughs> and and you know, so many grieving people could have been so incredibly hurt by that. And at one point, I would have been raging just raging pissed but I'm not you know why because I don't need to be raging pissed I don't if that's what this guy needed to do to move through his day I which I just can't even imagine what this person's like as a person when that's like they message a random person on the internet to tell me that my dad's dead as if I did thank you I had no idea. This is new info to me. My dad is dead. Ha ha. <laughs> Aha. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I just like, I laughed. Uh, and that's the morbid part of me. And I sent it to my brother and, and he was on the phone with me and then he laughed and he said, what the fuck? And I said, I know, but like, what do you do? What do you do? Do you just take the time to message somebody back and say, like, oh, thanks, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, chew them out. I don't know. Um, that's what happens when you share your story. But it's still my story to share. Um, I was born into a life with a dad who already struggled with addiction. Um, I never, ever, as a child, 
even got the choice to not have a dad who was an addict because before it was born, he was one. Um, and it wasn't like he was living on the streets homeless. It was um, what was socially acceptable at parties and other things at first. But he was very much an addict and he was born into an addict bloodline. It runs on both sides of my family um, very strongly, you know. So um, it's not surprising to me that that was just the life that he lived. And in many ways, I think that he grew up as much as he could and he tried as much as he could to be the best dad that he could, especially in the beginning. Um, but, you know, he was an addict and he had a struggle, like he had a, not a great childhood. He had a, a crappy childhood. He, I mean, he moved around a lot. My grandma was an alcoholic and I can't even tell you, I think she went to treatment 13 times. Gosh, it could be more than that. Um, she was a severe alcoholic and by the grace of God, she's not, she has many, many years clean now. And, um, and she is one of my, my absolute favorite people. And I talk to her as much as I possibly can, but you know, there was a lot of hurt and pain that was caused from her addiction that created the addiction cycle in my father. Um, and being from him, being his child, and from the very beginning, that being the big part of his life was partying and using drugs and uh, any way that he can and, you know, over the top. And there was a lot of things that were pretty aware that he was an addict from the get-go. Um, but that's my story. Like, I wasn't, you know, it's the same story as if I said, oh, well, you know, my dad was... Uh, I, when I was born, we were born into the royal family, like, or, you know, my, I just had, like, a, a white collar, blue collar family, like, I, you know, everybody has their story, and it comes from their, where they came from, from their parents, and when you're growing up, I don't know how your story and your journey could be anything less than or more than, I mean, less than at least who your parents were, how they raised you. I mean, it's where you got your core values and your beliefs until you turned a certain age and decided that you didn't fucking believe or trust or want any of those things, or unless you decided that those were all great things that you wanted to continue to have in your life. But your parents are a part of your story. How could they not be? You wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Um, and my fucking story is that my dad was an addict and my parents struggled and my mom thank god wasn't I'm very grateful that she wasn't also an addict um you know and she fought to have a family together and she did her fucking damnedest to make it happen and she did for 27 years she made a family for us um you know, and obviously my dad did too. It wasn't just like the whole 27 years my dad just used drugs. And I mean, that would also say a lot about my mom. Um, you know, they were two very broken young kids when they had me. Uh, and so they grew up while they raised me in many ways. And, um, 
I just, I don't know how else, how else you could say it. But, like, you need to understand that, like, if you marry an addict, if you, you know, it doesn't matter. If you have an addict in your life and they are a big part of your life, they are a part of your story. It is your story, too. It's affected you. It's affected your journey. And it's okay to speak about it, even when people don't want you to. Even when people tell you it's not your space. Fuck them. They're wrong. It is your space. And if that makes them uncomfortable, but maybe they should take a look in the mirror because they've done some things that have affected people outside of themselves. Um, and that isn't to shame any addict because I believe that there are many addicts that are crying out for help and the system and the world has failed them um, and we unintentionally have failed them as well not understanding that the options that are provided are actually not a lot of them are not the best options to help an addict truly get clean and change their life um but watching my dad run through addiction my entire life um and go from from using to staying clean to using to staying clean to being home to not being home to he wasn't allowed to get high at the house so he would leave for several days and then he'd come back and then sometimes he'd leave for a week and then he'd come back and then he'd be gone for a couple days and then it'd be good for six months and then he'd be gone again and then and you want to tell me that that didn't have any effect on my fucking story The only thing that I know to be true from that was that I was prepared to always be disappointed, to feel abandonment. There was a lot of things that had changed inside my brain and the way that I viewed myself, the way that I viewed love, the way that I viewed marriage, the way that I viewed parenting. It is my story. That's why I'm telling it. Um, you know, my dad wasn't a horrible man. He was actually far from a horrible man. He was a great man. He helped a lot of people, especially in the rooms of addiction. Um, you know, but him being an addict is a part of my story. Him getting clean, that's a part of my story too. Um, excuse me. Uh, you know, I sat and listened to my parents fight all the time when I was a kid. And I'd watch my dad leave and I'd watch my mom beg him not to. And we'd cycle through. And I remember being in the car looking for my dad when I was a little kid. And I remember when I got old enough for my mom to leave me with my brother to go look for my dad. And I remember being removed from the house because it didn't feel like it was safe because of my dad. And I remember coming home and trying to make everything normal for my dad. And all of this was my life. It was my story being written, not even with my consent. It was just what it was. I didn't get a choice for a long time. I was a child. But this is my story. 
my mom enabled an addict and didn't realize she was. She was very codependent. And my dad was a very struggling, hard-headed man who was an addict. But he wasn't just an addict. There's so much more to him than that. And there's so much more to my story than just being raised by an addict and a codependent mom. And, you know, that's probably a story that many, 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 many of us have. But this is my version, my story that I get to share. Because not all of us share it. Not all of us feel safe to share it. And why I share it is so that they can feel safe. So that they can find their fucking footing. So that you know that you're not alone. It's our story to share. If you had an addict in your life, you have a story to share. And it is okay. You do not get to be shamed into not sharing it. Because poor them. And once again, I still don't mean that rudely. I just mean this is my motherfucking story. And I get to tell it how I see it was fit in my life. How I get to tell it however I want to. Um, you know, growing up with a dad that was in and out was really hard. And at first, you don't really realize it because you're little and you don't understand a lot. And then after a while, when you get bigger, you start to realize that it's not really necessarily normal. But it's normal to you and it feels really familiar because it's been your entire life. And then you start noticing that other kids have their dads all the time in their life and their mom and dad get along really well and that their house is a lot different than your house and the conversations that happen in their house are a lot different than the ones that you have in your house. Um, and, and you notice that things aren't like other people around you. And then you get really, really alone. At a very young age, I felt alone a lot. We were not allowed, allowed to talk about it. Um, I did anyways, because <laughs> I, I didn't listen to those rules very well. Um, my, uh, my mom and dad would tell us, basically it was like, we were picture perfect, baby. Like, you wouldn't know. It, we, we looked like that perfect family, you know poster family just the family that is like oh my god your parents are amazing and they love each other so much and you guys are great kids and I'm like you have no fucking clue I've been kicked out of school three times in the last three months my mom's gotten a call every fucking week from the <laughs> principal my brother stole macaroni and cheese because fuck it I, we had money and we just still just fucking did dumb stuff like you don't even know like my, my brother was rumbling out. He's smoking cigarettes when he was way too young. I'm trying to smoke weed. I'm drinking. I'm doing all kinds of shit that I didn't need to be doing. You know, um, anything that I can to get attention and anything that I can to, to try to cope with what the fuck was happening that I just didn't understand, you know. And at that time, why my love and me weren't enough for my daddy to stay home, um, so yeah, it is my story. Uh, you know, when I was uh, in middle school, my dad was gone for what I thought was a week until I had a conversation a few months ago with my mom and she informed me that it was actually a month. Um, but most of my m 
it takes some a certain trigger, something will have to trigger me for me to have the floodgates open of memories from elementary and middle and a lot of high school. Um, um, elementary and middle school are more because of the trauma that was happening at my home from a, my dad being in addiction and struggling so much. And then in high school, it was a mixture of that and then me coping with using alcohol and um, Adderall as a, uh, as a, as a, why can't I think, um, as a crutch to, and you know, as a numbness. So I didn't have to think about it or feel it or anything. I just, I just turned into a party kid. Um, but do you think that I would have been as subjected to being a party kid had I not been raised in the home that I had been raised in? Um, probably not. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen because it happens all the time. You know, they all have the saying about the preacher's daughter, which is not always true, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and there's a lot of kids who grew up in fucking rougher, way more insane environments than I did and came out on fucking top. Okay. Um, it took me a hot minute to get there, to get where I'm at now. Uh, because there was trauma, the trauma affected me differently than it affected other people. And that's the other thing is that like my trauma, my story, my grief, like it's going to be different. Even if we had the same exact scenario go down, like my body and your body are going to handle it differently, are going to process it differently. Like you can't tell me that it'll be the same. It just doesn't. It doesn't work that way. How I cope and how you cope are different. Um, but, you know, I just, like, I'm going to repeat it one million times. You need to understand that it is okay. It is okay to share your story. Because it's your fucking story. Um, and one day I'm plan to sit down and do a podcast where I really like go in depth on so much more about my story. Um, I'm kind of giving you some bits and pieces to understand like how this truly affected me and why it is my story, which is weird because I don't really need to be proving it to anyone, but I, I'm sharing it because I want people to understand like that. No, I didn't use drugs with my dad. My dad didn't use drugs around me. There were parts of my life where my dad was clean and doing really good. And we went to church one, you know, for a period of time and we did lots of different things. Um, but that this was still like, these things happen. This is my story. This is this. And it's okay to, to feel this way and to talk about it. Um, and you don't need to feel like you had to have such traumatic events happen. And I fucking did. They weren't from my dad, but they were probably from the lack of parenting occasionally. Not parenting, but the lack of awareness that my parents had because of the addiction problem. Um, so I, I, I had bad shit happen to me when I was young from family and other people. Um, and they weren't really aware 
at all, actually, until I told them at a much older age. But, you know, um, I'd like to think that if they had been able to be more aware of what, you know, the situations and places and things that were at, I was put in, that they saw as safe or not, you know, um, and I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them for not realizing that it wasn't a safe scenario, even though bad shit happened to me. But it is part of my story, and it is part of, you know, what happens when you're raised in a home where addiction runs the house. Um, I wish that I could say, oh, no, I had no part in my story, you know, and, and I'm completely fine and, and I, and I'm working on getting there now, but my dad's struggle was my struggle too. When I was pregnant with my son, I'm brought him his get well bag is what we called it. You know, I dropped it off at the hotel. I paid the night, the extra night at the hotel. Um, and this isn't like some shove at my mom. Like my mom was just fucking done and I didn't know how to be done because that was my dad and I loved him and I'd do anything for him. And even if it enabled the shit out of him, um, for the longest time, because I just didn't realize how bad I was enabling it. All I knew was that he was my dad and I fucking loved him and I, I loved him and I knew he loved me. I knew how much he loved me. Um, so I did a lot of things, you know, and I don't know how many of us can walk around and say, yeah, well, when my dad was, you know, super fucking high, I was bringing him his, you know, stuff to make sure that he was okay and trying to talk to him and paying for his room, you know, at a hotel and, and, and not being afraid or not being, you know, angry or overwhelmed, just being like, this is just, this is just part of my story. This is just a part of who I am. Like, I would never have neglected my dad. And sometimes I feel like I, I failed him in the end. Um, even though I know I didn't, but it feels that way. Uh, but, you know, like I would have done anything for him. And that is, that is, that's my story. I'm a daddy's girl. I don't know how else to put it. Um, but it's okay if addiction is part of your story and you're not an addict. It's, if you have the addict in your life, it's normal. Um, people are going to tell you that it's not. Uh, people are going to tell you that you need to shut up about it. People are going to tell you it's not your fucking place. People are going to tell you that you're too judgy or too one-sided or that you are um, enabling them or doing whatever you're doing. And, you know, people are always going to have a fucking opinion about something they don't have the right to have a motherfucking opinion about. Uh, and that's just the truth. It ain't your fucking journey. It's mine. It's my story. It's my fucking journey. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. You don't have to follow. You don't have to do any of it. You don't have to connect with me. I didn't ask you to. I'm not forcing this on you. Um, 
And, and anybody that acts like that, it makes it feel like that is, like you are doing them so wrong, so dirty, or, you know, by talking about their addiction, you are embarrassing them. You know, maybe they are embarrassed, but it's not your fault. It's their actions that are embarrassing to them. That you would even be able to talk about these things or say that these things have happened about them. Um, that, you know, they can't hide it behind the addiction. But it's your story. And we need people to stand up and share outside. And we need all of the addicts to stand up and share their story and share their testimony. It's how we empower each other. That's how we get stronger. That's how more people find, find their way to being clean, to find their way out of addiction. But there are other people that were hurt and are hurting and struggling from that, that addiction. And it's the moms, the dads, the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, the wives, the husbands, the daughters, the sons, the nieces, and the nephews um, that were a casualty in the addiction. And we have to stand up and we have to talk about it. Because you had trauma too. You have a story to tell too. You have people that will connect and feel so much safer from you sharing feel okay to share their journey, feel, feel okay to walk into a room and say, hey, this was my fucking reality. Um, but it's time that we stop sharing, we stop shaming people for sharing their story. This isn't a pity party about poor me, my fucking life sucked and just feel bad for me. I don't want you to feel bad for me. I don't want you to feel bad that my dad's dead. I don't want you to feel bad that my husband's dead. I want you to hear what I'm sharing with you so that you can move forward in wherever you're at and whatever pain you have. So that you know how to walk through what you're walking through or that you may have to walk through. So that you know you're not alone. So you know that there's somebody else here saying, I fucking did it, you can do it too. Somebody who's going to say, you know what? I'll be a motherfucking clout chaser for the rest of my life if that means that it gets people to stay clean. If that means that it gets people to heal from the trauma of the loved ones that they had that were addicts. I'll share it for the rest of my life. And I will never be fucking afraid to do so. And I will never feel bad about it. Not once am I going to feel bad about sharing my story my dad is a part of my story. His addiction was a part of my fucking story. It made out many years of my life. And it's still affecting it now. And there's nothing that you can say or do that's going to change what I'm here to do. I'm going to share it. I'm going to show up. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to pray that I get to help heal thousands of people because that's what I need to do. It's my fucking purpose. Um, so you need to understand that your story is yours. Nobody can tell you any different. Um, 
And it's okay. It's okay to have a story that people just don't like. And people are going to say things to you, especially if you share it on the internet. That's just, that's just how it works. Um, people think that they get to just say anything they want to. And you know, it truly is. They are right. You're sharing on a public forum. So they can tell you they don't agree. That it's not, you know, it's not an appropriate place to share. Okay, Linda, calm down. Sorry if there's any Lindas listening to this. There's no intentional, like, pun at you. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, this is your fucking story. And I'm so tired of, there's, you know, people saying that you can't share it. I, please don't go around and, and pity party yourself so people feel fucking bad for you because that's not what I'm saying. There's a huge difference in a pity party versus um, you sharing your story. You don't need anybody to feel bad for you. I don't need anybody to feel bad for me. Um, you know? I had a crazy childhood. Uh, would, I, would I wish for it to be any fucking different? No. Um, because then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be sharing. I wouldn't be building all the things that I'm building. I, I wouldn't be the woman that I am. Um, I mean, if it meant that my dad never had to struggle with addiction, obviously I would choose to have it different. But, you know, if I could choose my parents or I get to choose these parents who, who by the grace of God, never had to struggle with addiction, I'd pick my parents every fucking time. I'd pick my story. I'm grateful for it. Even the really shitty parts, like the part where my dad died, you know? And one day we'll talk about that day, and we'll talk about the day before, and the week before, and the months before, um, and we'll be really honest about it. Because I'm sure that there's listeners that really want to know. Um, I live in a small town, you know. People talk and they can't help it, and that's just part of this is part of the world and how how things work. Um, but one day you'll get the story, um, and I think you'll be rather disappointed to find out that so many of the things that so many people have shared and said um, about the situation that went down on the day that my dad died um or and and why in all of those things you just you're gonna be disappointed because the rumors were bullshit um but that's for a different time you know and then the day and the idea and the moment that my dad committed suicide that was my story too that was my fucking story too. It wasn't just his. Um, and this isn't like a, once again, this isn't like a, oh my God, look at me. My dad killed himself. This is me saying like, hey, you know what the craziest thing about it was that day? And the idea of my dad dying and committing suicide or any anything to do with drugs and him dying is that. I used to think growing up, 
as a kid and like when I got older into my teenage years and I sat in rooms and in a rooms um narcotics anonymous rooms and I listened to people talk and I listened to people struggle struggle with uppers and downers and it seemed like a lot more people who used downers were the ones who um who who seemed to OD and who seemed to die more I mean you didn't really hear about a whole lot of I'm using uppers and downers because I don't want to trigger anybody. Um, so people that use uppers, I d- how often do you hear about them dying? Not often. Not from an, o- you know, from an overdose. Like that, yeah. Never, I, I don't think I ever heard one time of somebody using an upper and that making them overdose and die. Um, so... I had this idea in my head, well, you know, my dad's an addict, he uses this drug, this very, you know, fucking horrible drug, but hey, at least it's an upper, so I don't have to worry about him dying from it, uh, you know, he won't overdose, so I don't have to worry about that, I don't have to worry about him, him dying that way, joke's on fucking me, right? It wasn't an overdose, you could say. But I say it kind of was. Because it made him go crazy. Um, Not like crazy crazy, but... I mean, honestly, yeah. It did make him go crazy crazy. It breaks my heart. When I think about it. I wish I could have saved him. Um, Sorry, guys. Such a side note not needed once again don't feel fucking bad for me this is just part of my story you know we all have regret about the ones that we lose what we could have done different what we should have done how we could have changed things if we would have just it doesn't really fucking matter right because that story that chapter is done there's nowhere writing to me and my dad having adventures together you know it's just over. Now I, all I can do is reflect and talk about what we did have. And what I'm doing with what I had. And how I'm moving forward with it. Because it's my fucking story too. And mine's still being written. Um, anyways, I just felt like I really, really needed to share that. So, that is, that is, that is it. I'm out. No, I'm <laughs> But really, that is, that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, it's your story too, okay? Don't ever let anybody try to take that from you. It's your story too. Share it. If you feel the call on your heart to share it. Heal from it how you feel you need to heal from it. Please in a healthy manner. Talk about it. Be honest. Be open. Set boundaries. Protect yourself. Analyze your story so that you can grow from it, but don't ever let anybody tell you that it's not your story to share, because it fucking is, okay? I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following me. If you're not following me, follow me. My name is Natasha Lynn on Facebook, Natasha Lynn underscore official on, um, t- not TikTok, ah, Instagram, 
um, She's the Phoenix podcast on YouTube where you can watch me sit awkwardly on a couch and talk into the mic um, if you would rather watch me than just listen to me. Uh, and She's the Phoenix is obviously streaming on all platforms because that's where you've got to be listening to it. Probably on Spotify or Apple because that's typically where we go. But I am on many more um, places than just that. So, anyways... Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for taking this journey with me. Thank you for listening to me ramble. I hope that all I do is continue to get better. The podcast gets better. The podcast gets bigger. Um, I figure out a different way to sit so it's not so awkward. I need to move the camera. Anyways, you can't see that. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this on audio. But anyways, um, I love you guys. Share your fucking story, okay? Okay. I'm out.